0: You know, it's like, do you think, do you think Henry Cavill like was like, hey, hey, Zach, do you think it's weird how I just like kind of swoop in and solve the entire movie like magic? Yeah, um, d- the big show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to talking during the movie, the show where two jagoffs talk about new movies and movie news. I'm Mike.
0: And I'm James
1: And uh, this is episode number 81 Which we have called Mike and James Impossible
0: 6 As you can tell we're, we're still getting back in the groove with things We've got a bunch of ideas <laughs> We've got a bunch still, of ideas uh, Mike, still doesn't, Mike still has the debate about whether or not to say welcome or welcome back um, I thought it was a bit presumptuous if we've been away <laughs> so long to say welcome back yeah, hey, well, this time we've been away hopefully just a week because I'm hoping to have this up by Saturday, and I think that's a reasonable time period. I don't know why it took me so long to edit and post the last one.
1: Yeah, you asshole, what do we pay you for? <laughs> I
0: don't all know. I know is,
1: all I know is I need to do the intro. I don't know when we're doing the Disaster Artist. Probably uh <laughs> show two. I need to do the intro. I don't care if we're breaking the order,
0: but I need to do the intro okay we got some got some good plan for that and we have some good shit planned for tonight too if we can make it there because i am falling asleep
1: <laughs> uh yeah i just uh i just ran nine miles well the equivalent of nine miles on a machine oh, and i was like so, what the fuck <laughs> well not act, not nine actual miles it's pouring down rain but uh, uh,
0: oh god yeah this rain is ungodly
1: and it's 12 30 in the morning.
0: And Came out of nowhere too. I went into my my showing of the Square tonight, which is not one of the movies we're going to be reviewing, and it was bone dry. And I come out, and it is torrential downpour.
1: It's the power of art, man. That's
0: that's a power. That's the power of the palm door. It's a rainmaker. <sighs> yeah, that's how you water those palms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. the, the, that's at the Golden so... Globes, at the Golden Globes, it's a lot more about greasing palms. Get, get no? the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> so I am alone going to be talking about two films tonight.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and make shitty puns the whole time. Uh, that's usually my
1: job. I've been replaced. This is how it feels. Well, uh, we are... I'll let you back in on this because we are going to talk okay. about All right. uh, two, two films. Uh, one... The uh, directorial debut of Greta Gerwig, uh, called Lady Bird, starring Saoirse Ronan.
0: Yeah, I think I- it's uh, Saoirse.
1: Saoirse. Saoirse, okay. Uh, she's, she's like, starred in a couple of my favorite films the last few years, and I, I still can't quite get her name right, which is it's horrendous on my part, so I apologize. Um, and then uh, we're going to talk about this little indie. Uh, I'm not sure how many people have heard of it. It's very obscure, but uh, I think uh, we can have a good discussion about it. It's called the Justice League.
0: Oh yeah, no, I w- the League of Justice. I-, I can't even remember to be honest.
1: Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's tiny, but hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully and, we can tip some people off about what to think.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say that, that you know one of these movies, is, is among we'll the die. best of the year. <laughs> So you know, I'll leave you in suspense. What are they, what are they supposed to do with that? <laughs> I guess I'll just have to listen to the up. to the whole episode to find out. But like, Oh gee, I don't I don't know. Is it is it Zack Snyder's film or Critic? <laughs> I...
1: The only answer to. It, the The only proper question that has the answer it's Zack Snyder's film, is, what's going to make me more want to down a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> <laughs> sit in my apartment all day.
0: What is Zack Snyder's film?
1: Uh, yes. Turns out that's all the answers, every single <laughs> one. Yeah. So, uh, it, we'll we'll we have some words to say.
0: Yeah, we do. We do. I already said a few words on my letterbox, but I definitely have more to talk about about the whole movie. Where I, I did focus on one aspect of the movie, one super duper aspect of the movie.
1: Oh man, um, no, oh man, that's super man. Um,
0: and uh, and the pun mic is back. Yeah,
1: coming out swinging, despite the fact that it's a. Uh, 12 30 in the morning it's <laughs> thanksgiving is
0: now happy Thanksgiving. oh yeah no man. it's
1: thanksgiving happy thanksgiving james i'm thankful <laughs>
0: i'm thankful for sleep i'm thankful that our I'm podcast think- is back in, in the full for, swing
1: of things i'm thankful for <laughs> listeners i'm thankful that we get to sit here and talk about movies
0: i'm thankful that i I saw my 80th movie on my quest to 100 so oh, shit where was how long how far have i gotten since the last episode
1: I don't, know, what I, I don't know. Do you, you got to show off your movie count every single time?
0: I'm just updating people. Uh, it's like I'm not. I don't know that I really get to brag about about shunning everyone in my personal life, including at times my girlfriend, to pursue a meaningless number that uh, I've assigned a meaning to.
1: <laughs> I mean, you you whatever. At least you you interact with people to a certain degree. All right, just because just cuz you're you know just cuz you're only a little bit of a loser
0: <laughs> doesn't mean
1: wow okay sorry
0: no no that's <laughs> fine it just I hurt like everywhere
1: oh yeah i mean that was the goal i, I want to hurt the people that i care about in my life because apparently that's the side of me that comes out at 1230 <laughs> in the morning
0: so uh, we're probably gonna go first before we go to the the blockbuster that wasn't um, of the yeah. Justice League. We're gonna do the 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 indie that wasn't that actually was has turned out to be something of a blockbuster, pretty <laughs> successful. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: so much so that I actually ran into friends from not my current job, but the job I had before at my showing of Ladybird, which is mind you, <laughs> happening it, it happened at seven o'clock. On a Wednesday night, uh, right the day before Halloween or Halloween Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, not necessarily popular time to go to the movies. And uh, yes, pretty sure my theater was more full than yeah. Justice League. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, my Justice League theater was definitely packed, but I did see it maybe on opening night. I can't ah, remember. okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was and. The box office has been very disappointing for that. They're going to lose millions, which puts the whole fate of the DCEU into question. Yay! <laughs> I'm happy. It's funny, we're like, we're. we didn't I, I plan to, but I think we're kind of discussing a news story here. I some, mean, some movie news.
1: I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> some,
0: yeah,
1: some of what we promised in the intro. Um. Yeah. No. This is their first. What's looking to be a bomb. I mean, critically, almost all their films have been either mixed, if you're being generous, or just flat out loathed.
0: Um, yeah. The, I mean, the only one that got straight, flat positive reception was Wonder Woman, um, which, and and we both liked, despite having a. Reservations. One major like Brooklyn esque flaw with but. sure,
1: and I mean I I I didn't really I just thought that the reception was overblown in in the fact that I I saw not only one but several articles referring to it as the best superhero film in ten years. Um, Justice League. No, Wonder Woman.
0: Oh God, I was, I just, okay. <laughs> I um, gotta pump the brakes now. Y-
1: yeah. So, uh, no, no one's saying that. <laughs> no one, no one's saying that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, I just think it's interesting that, you know, how how long at this point? Five, seven. No, no. Uh, about f- five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. We had The Avengers. And that was basically the film that codified the Marvel Universe. It- yeah, you
0: know, and I, I kind of like that, that. That really before. I mean, they, The Avengers wasn't always a part of their plan. And I think the difference. The dif- like, that is a huge difference that you can really see. When looking at MCU films versus DCEU films, that absolutely that especially, it, it, like the MCU sort of fell together, rather than was meticulously planned and marketed. You know, I mean it. It it has definitely become meticulously planned and marketed, but I mean, it, it like it, it started from an Easter egg from Jon Favreau. That was it. Jon Favreau put an Easter egg in, in Iron Man. At the in in, in the post credit scene, mm-hmm. and uh, they had no idea what it was at that point. If it was gonna go anywhere, if they wanted it to go anywhere, if people wanted it to go anywhere, and then the more it sort of built, it just like took on a life of its own, where the Avengers was like an inevitability, not something that was like oh shit, we gotta do this,
1: right. And actually, we didn't really mention this so much in our our review of Thor Ragnarok, but there are benefits to that interconnectivity between all the films that yeah. I actually I mean because I was kind of treating that like a crutch that the films were using like oh we don't need to tell a complete story we're just one you know one Jenga block in a tower um I've <laughs> I, I played Jenga recently I'm sorry that metaphor is fresh in my mind but um like you know we don't have to be a contingent we, we, we don't have to be uh uh, an independent whole and you know I think they're actually addressing it a lot differently now and they're using it much more as a uh, as a strength Th- this notion that you don't have to you can you can take a lot of liberties with what people are willing to accept based on just the fact that they're b- being constantly, Inundated with so many new characters, so many new situations, and so many absurd powers, that at a certain point, you can just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love Spider-Man, but that was a very contained film. Thor Ragnaroks were the first film where I felt that, like, in full swing, and that is a benefit of that. That's just a culmination of what the Avengers basically. Instilled this principle that they instilled that these are interconnected films, um, and I I know that this is largely, you know, the machinations of this corporate machine. But I really do I like I am legitimately, non-ironically in awe of what Marvel Studios is accomplishing at this point. Um, and we'll get more into this with our Justice League review, but it just it just feels a decade ahead of. <laughs> Of you know, su- of of other superhero films, well,
0: a certain so set of Thor Ragnarok. Films in by the way, not not Justice League. I'm assuming Thor Ragnarok is what I'm talking I actually, about. actually, you I'm know, sorry. maybe maybe that was about the Justice League, and we're just on completely oh, different playing fields. I mean,
1: maybe, maybe the maybe, likes of uh, which
0: we haven't been since a movie look, like *Misses America* or *While We're Young*.
1: Oh God, <sighs> okay, we can't review Noah box films on this show anymore. <laughs> it sucks our- <laughs>
0: And I think that's actually against our rules. <laughs> I, considering our two most rambling and incoherent
1: dialogues were about his two latest films, um, yeah, probably, probably a legitimate rule.
0: I think we should <laughs> instill. <laughs> we just we both went in there not prepared for a fight. <laughs>
1: I think yeah no for sure. It's like uh, we're, while
0: we're young in Mr. America, we're, I was just like, so yeah, we're both on the same page, right? These films are bad, and then. it's in, just to, like, uh, to like, it's your amazing. credit,
1: to your credit, uh, in retrospect, while we're young, is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. America is not. I still think it's one of the better screenplays in recent years, but uh, uh, yeah.
0: It, yeah I've been interested to give that a give uh, mistress America another chance because i i i can't remember anything you said in the review but i did I do remember something someone else said uh, about <laughs> because nothing you said touched me whatsoever it was not- <laughs> i don't know but i mean my uh it, it was something I might have missed or context I miss is when Greta Gerwig's character sort of like gets that that call out you know where she sort of realizes that the main character has been writing this kind of article, like exposing all her like flaws, you know, her being like petty and you know uh, i I can't re- really remember everything but and and i remember i but I do remember that scene, but what I don't remember is the reaction that was described where she sort of takes a stance of like, do you think I don't know these things about myself? Mm-hmm. And for that you know that I could see why someone who got that take from the film would it would have had a much different well much more positive experience than I did so
1: here here's here's where I will draw the line and this is mind you based on a viewing uh not based on not a very recent viewing of this film yeah but I think if you' series, I, like three years ago yeah but I think if you view it as a treatise about being a writer or an artist, it's gonna come off trite. Um, if you view it as a film about growing up, it is a lot more poignant and worthwhile.
0: Well, yeah, and that's sort of um, what that person was getting at. It's, it's like, you know, when you you you're kind of like aware when you're growing up that you're growing up and that you're stupid, but you're just sort of like, <laughs> you know, stuck in that in that way. But you know, yeah, I don't know. So. We're well, interested to talk about that, but first, a different Greta Gerwig movie. First,
1: a different Greta Gerwig movie, and this one, I don't think we're going to be split on. Um, because no one seems to be split on this. It's uh, her... a <laughs> no,
0: and literally zero. It has a one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: <laughs> yep, and it's in the nineties on uh, on Metacritic, and uh, and yeah, it's a uh Lady Bird, her directorial debut. She also wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's basically about Saoirse Ronan growing up in Sacramento, California, um, going to a Catholic girls' school, and uh,
0: sort of. Yeah, I, mean, I think the working yeah. title was "Girlhood."
1: Girlhood, no. um, <laughs> and it was taken by a French film. <laughs> it was. Um, I mean, you joke, but isn't it kind of nuts how many Echo? I mean, t- was I the only one getting a lot of? Echoes at the latter half of Boyhood in oh. Ladybird, and, and I, I and, mean,
0: I know for a fact you weren't the only one because there was at least me. So <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, um, and that is not to call the film derivative because we're dealing with a very different character here, um,
0: and it is and it is much more about her than you know Boyhood was solely about uh, the dude. So.
1: Ma- I mean Mason. It's kind of funny that Mason and Boyhood becomes less and less relevant as the film goes on. Um,
0: Well, and I mean, to to Linklater's credit, he originally wanted to call the movie 12 Years, but then 12 Years a Slave came out, so...
1: For sure. Um, The difference, I would say, is that where Boyhood was kind of just a document, Lady Bird is definitely a chronicling of relationships um, that... It's. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. Seemed a little autobiographical, wouldn't you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and that's actually one of the only things I did really know about the Lady Bird. Um, I, I can't remember where. It's just like an article. They're like, oh, people are going to criticize Lady Bird because it's, uh, it's, it's autobiographical. Um, but A, I'm not, and B, that's... It's still the only thing I, I let myself know about it,
1: and I mean I don't understand why it being autobiographical would be a, a
0: no, I mean <laughs> an inherent
1: I, I dash against the film,
0: no, and I don't even really want to like address it because I'm not even sure, like the article I read that was, anticipating complaints about the movie, so it's kind of like responding to a straw man that may not exist, so I, I don't want to feed into that argument at all.
1: And I guess it's the the, the logic that you can only write yourself, but um, I really, I think what the that is distinguishes this is that Greta Gerwig was able to give voice to so many different characters besides Lady Bird, the title character played by Shusha Ronan, um, particularly her mother.
0: Which- oh yeah! In case you're confused at this point, it's her name is her the character's name is Christine McPherson, and yeah. she names herself Ladybird because she wants to give herself her own name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. That's. Uh, no, I just read that you know her best friend Julie. She's actually credited mm-hmm. as Julianne quotations Julie Steffens <laughs> that's awesome that's actually where her credited role is um I mean
1: for my money I I think maybe the most compelling and complex character in the film is actually uh, probably her mother Marion, played by uh, Laurie Metcalf yeah who I will be sorely disappointed if she does not get recognition this year um just The I, I I don't know I, I'm trying to think of a more complex and nuanced mother-daughter relationship in a film. It's because a you don't get very many mother-daughter relationships. Period.
0: Oh no, not at <laughs> all.
1: And b when you do, it's usually you don't really get more complex than like Brave, where you know it's like the, you know mother and daughter fight. They, they, you yeah. know, and uh, they they have their differences, and then eventually, by the end, they learn to comp to compromise and see eye to eye, and and live together. And oh
0: man, so <laughs> I almost want to get into spoiler territory like immediately. So uh,
1: we've, I mean, if you haven't noticed, we've been moving that up more and more. And I'm kind of just waiting for the day when we don't even pretend anymore.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. Let's just say fuck it, spoilers, at least right now. Um, I was so... I got really scared in this movie because they had this great mother-daughter relationship going. And then then there's a scene at, at the end where uh, Lady Bird is going off to college on the East Coast. And then Lori Metcalf, her mom, is sitting at a table like scratching at... Uh, a series of papers clearly writing a note to her and I was like oh god oh no like please for the love of god don't do this don't don't make it this like this like nice bow of a letter that's read via voiceover while (laughs) Lady Bird like unpacks or something like that I'm Like that would just fucking kill this whole thing, and and that's the kind of thing you could you would see from, I mean, you that's that's the kind of mistake that you would expect a first time director to make, and uh, you know especially when you're directing and writing your own, your own, uh, movie. You know, that's
1: yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's kind of what your gut tells you to do, despite the fact that everyone's done it and it's way too clean and just just downright dishonest
0: yeah no exactly and I, I love that it's like when she finally does get the letters you don't get to hear what they say no um, i mean you could if you had it and it wasn't it, even her mom that sent them it was her dad played by tracy Letts, who is awesome by the way he was in the lovers uh, earlier this year i told you about that movie yeah you and, did and yeah it's still lingering in my mind but yeah they're it was a great. It, it turned out to be actually a great scene, rather than just a cliche bad one. That yeah, it, as you said, is it's dishonest. funny because the
1: because the differences actually from what you described are so minor. It, it she does get those letters, and it is when she's unpacking.
0: Well, um, and they're, they're incomplete letters too. It wasn't like oh, I'm struggling to I'm struggling to find the right words to say, and then I finally do. You, and it you got everything. It. Yeah.
1: And it's it's the intentionality too she was yeah you're right she was never intended to get those she her mother even to the end of the film she and her mother never successfully reestablished communication you get the sense that you know at some point they will reach a certain level of understanding but you don't get that reconciliation in the film and that goes a surprising it goes a surprisingly long way I think um that made it feel a lot more honest um
0: yeah I mean I I'm just I'm just so happy that Greta Gerwig didn't didn't go there like it's I mean this is it, it's the same thing sort of that we were praising about like Jordan Peele and that it like For his directorial debut in Get Out, he just showed a surprising amount of restraint that ultimately benefited both the movie and the characters within it.
1: Yeah, it was... And it's funny because in both cases, I was kind of on edge the whole film because, I mean, A, you like both these... You know, you like both these people as actors, but you're keenly aware the whole time that this is their freshman project. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are waiting for them to show that it's their freshman project. <laughs> um, like this, honestly, the first 15 minutes of this film I was holding my breath because I really thought she was going to try and do Juno. Oh yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I thought that she was going to try and be too cute to like, you know, uh, Offbeat and, like you know, tr- you know, try and have this unique voice that just does not
0: like edgy and quirky
1: well. and yeah, that that right, that just kind of comes off as indulgent in five years, if not right away. Like, I like Juno in two thousand too but <laughs> yeah, I can't watch it anymore.
0: But that, um, that's the thing. That's the thing about it too. That it's like ladybird's character is one that's constantly changing and constantly trying to change. Whereas like. Juno is sort of this like smug self-assured character who's already sort And you're pretty sure she's going to be
1: all and you're you're pretty sure the kid's going to be all right.
0: Yeah, the ki- kids are kids are all right. The
1: kids are all right. There's no actual danger. It's fine. Um it's safe. Uh, I'll take my Academy Award now. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right?
1: Yeah, and this just not at all in, in Ladybird. You actually kind of <laughs> It's funny how much that the how much the film defies the the typical structure. The point to the point where like when the film is winding down um, and you're pretty sure you're you're in the final few scenes, and indeed you are actually in the final few scenes, and you you know you think you're going to kind of get this you know opening of a new world in college. Um, you find yourself with the main character in a hospital,
0: <laughs> suffering from alcohol poisoning. What do you want me to do? She's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: just, I, I don't know the, the, uh, I don't know. The temptation to wrap things up neatly is r- consistently frustrated in the film. And I, I'm really happy about that. Um,
0: yeah, I mean that's something you see. As you said, it is. It is at least semi autobiographical, but it's, and that allows her at least to pull, from the truth of their own life. You know. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And if it didn't feel, I mean, if it didn't feel to a certain degree universal, I would be on that bandwagon. But I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, Greta Gerwig's You know, finds the universal in the specific. Like, this is not a vague story. She's clearly dealing with real people and nuanced situations and very particular circumstances. But you can kind of see this applying to so many people growing up, even though this is actually very much a California centric story. And actually, I, I'm not sure how you felt about that. There was a very strong emphasis on, particularly Sacramento, uh, which is the the city that the film takes place in. And uh, it's funny because one of the people I ended up being in, seeing it with, though I intended to just see it alone, uh, she actually grew up in San Francisco. Or sorry, <laughs> <laughs> San, Sacramento. Oh, wow, San same,
0: Francisco. Well, that's a great city.
1: Great city. Um, She grew up in Sacramento and actually had a very similar... Uh, Story to Greta Gerwig and the Lady Bird, and it's it really resonated with her. Probably even more deeply than it did with me. Um, I'm wondering what the you know heavy emphasis on Sacramento uh, did did for you in this film. Did that actually add anything, or did you just kind of feel it?
0: I don't know it was, there I mean,
1: for because,
0: me it was kind of well to be honest it was the emphasis on Sacramento was probably like the weakest part of the film for me yeah
1: um, that's kind of how I feel as well
0: just because it was like it's sort of that standard thing right you know right. it's like Sacramento in this case is just a stand-in for anyone's hometown in which they feel stuck right. or stranded or unhappy and then then the movie arc is predictable that they want to get out, 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 and then, well, actually it wasn't so bad. You know, so it's like, I had seen that plot line before, and, I mean, if you just sort of see it as, like, uh, you know, a metaphor for her home life, not just her home, you know, learning to to see the beauty in something that she finds so uh, unappealing i get it but again uh, it, it's one of the as it's it's not it's not like the end of get out for me like i'm not gonna make a huge stink about it but um
1: i can't even believe that you made that big of a stink about the end of get out
0: <laughs> no i mean look when that when that fucking door opens and get out like i haven't belly laughed harder in a the theater this yeah. year so
1: yeah Um, Yeah, I don't know. For for me, it's like it was too prominent and didn't add enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I only say that just because it was kind of – I mean the film fucking opens with a uh, – not a Susan Sontag, a uh, uh, Joan Didion quote about Sacramento, which is just funny, which is funny. Um, And you do get a sense of Sacramento being a very – stratified city economically. That's very, I mean, that's a huge element in the film. Um, but again, that doesn't really imbue it with any identity in and of itself. And I'm not really sure. I, I, I just kind of like was jarred every single time there would be these like m- little montage scene transitions that highlight little landmarks around the town. Yeah. Um, which I couldn't, I mean, to me, didn't add anything other than just saying, you know, kind of putting a face on Sacramento, which is fine, makes sense, but uh, it wasn't prominent enough for me, I guess, as a, you know, some films, the city is the a fucking character, um, and you really can add a dimension to a film with where it takes place. I didn't get that here, and I feel like Greta Gerwig was really trying to, to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, you know, judge the film on something that wasn't intended. But I, I just feel like there was too much emphasis put on this town that, at the end of the day, is still kind of a stand-in for any, any American town where the graduating kids are just trying to get out.
0: Yeah, I mean that's and well, and it's true. I mean what I what I like about that is at least it's a. You know it is, as you said, sort of like a universal truth. When yeah, you know, people are from a town like I don't, I don't want to go back to Auburn, Washington. Like fuck, sure. Auburn. You know? Sure. Sure. Oh yeah, I'm going back. I'm going back, to, get, Kent. I'm going back to
1: Kent tomorrow. <laughs> oh boy, um,
0: actually today, Mike. Today. Yeah,
1: for fuck's sake. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and what I what I like though is that you really don't get movies like this, especially from 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 a female perspective, you know, um and telling true st- telling things that are true both about and to, you know, high school girls trying to get into college leave mm-hmm. their hometown. You know, it's like this of course isn't yeah. all they do, but they they you know, talk about crushes they have, they get into petty fights about new friends they have. They they discuss their their shower related masturbation techniques, you know. <laughs> yeah and i it's like it's it's refreshing to see these kind of like real women characters written by women
1: well even the catholic uh the catholic school faculty uh which you know i can't really think of a more stock source of easy comedy than a stern catholic school faculty
0: yeah right and uh,
1: (laughs) I mean, this film pretty much avoids just about every single, you know, every single trope. I mean, there is a uh, virulent, virulent, oh my fucking God. Virulent? Virulent, pro-lifer, assembly speaker, Uh, you know, that... Okay, you are gonna get that in a Catholic school though, and the resolution of that scene's hilarious. But like, <laughs> I don't remember. This whole movie's uh, hilarious. This whole movie's oh, yeah. hilarious. I don't remember like a a stock stern nun character. In fact, there's
0: even the, the even the the, 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 the counselor surrogate for that is like she's brilliant, completely relatable. You know, it's like at one point, Lady Bird she like puts a you know just married to jesus on the back of her car and like decorates it you know like weddings for like cans and stuff like that and then later in the movie she's like i know it was you but i'm not gonna punish you because it was funny it was funny
1: and it was funny (laughs) like there and it's funny because the the religious element has nothing to do with ladybird's sense of entrapment she doesn't feel confined by that at all. In fact, when she does escape and she's in New York, one of the first things she she asks, um,
0: do you a believe in boy God?
1: she's socializing at a party, is yeah, do you believe in God? And, uh, you know, he says no, it's ridiculous. And she just
0: can't
1: fathom, I mean, you know, she, she can't fathom why people will accept the name that was given to them but not believe in God saying
0: you put you put fucking Juno in in this catholic school and she's going to be the most like edgy snarky and, anti-religious person sure at yeah. the school yeah and ladybird easily could have been that but Greta Gerwig has a bit more again a bit more restraint but also just understands people as as complex beings not monoliths designed to get laughs out of the the edgy liberals in the crowd
1: yeah. I mean even there's a certain deal of self deprecation and, and humility you have to have to give yourself I mean, you know, she she's given herself the name Lady Bird, you know, to try and stand out. But you never get the sense that, that she is well, there there is a a sequence in the film where she is clearly trying to put on airs and impress people, but her
0: Oh, I mean and, and that changes throughout too. And that changes like who throughout she's talking to, you know, what she's right. interested in and not. And it's sort of like Toward the end, where she has to say, like, you know, actually, fuck you, I, I am interested in this.
1: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. You just, it's, it's funny how she is given this sense of identity and, and connection with her hometown without the answer just being, oh, stay there. You know, it's yeah, not. Right. It's not a. It's not a simple. Like that's the thing. There are no simple relationships in this film. She doesn't have a simple relationship to her mother. Um, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have a simple relationship to her to her Catholic school. She doesn't have a simple relationship to her town.
0: Hey, she um, doesn't have a simple relationship with her father either, because her father is much less, true. much less cantankerous than her than her mom. But you could tell too that he would rather. There- she don't go well, there's a, there's For a very several reasons moment. One he loves her and misses her For two you know money And then when they have that interaction about You know when he realizes That she is like ashamed of him You know that's like you could really see How much that hurt him
1: There's a quick line of dialogue um, When he's playing solitaire And uh, uh Lady Bird and her mom are, are Arguing and her mom You know Brings the dad into it by saying you know it kills your kill your father that you know you say we live on the other side of the tracks and he tries to back away he's you know trying to and she's like no you can't always be the good guy she has to know that what she says can hurt you yeah and it's really quick and it doesn't you know the the it it, it's just a moment the scene doesn't Really elaborate on it anymore, but that spoke volumes about his relationship with her, um, just his unwillingness to show his vulnerability, and her always kind of having to find out secondhand or from her mom, mm-hmm. um, like when she she finds pills, uh, antidepressants prescribed to him in the cabinet, and, and she finds out from from her mom that he'd been struggling with depression for years, um, and it's funny because you have that that is this really rich, rich, complicated dynamic to something that on the surface seems so just the, you know, genial father-daughter loving relationship. Um, and there's nothing simple. So, her uh, first boyfriend, played by Lucas Hedges
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, from uh, Manchester by the Sea... And also produced, Grand Prix produced,
0: Best Hotel. Uh,
1: that's right. No, no, no. Uh, gaps. then. Did he? Oh, I thought he was, uh, he was, because he was definitely in Moonrise Kingdom.
0: Oh, no, he was, yeah, he was in Grand Budapest. He was a guy who pumped gas at one point. That was seriously his only scene.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe he's going to be a new Wes Anderson regular. Um, (laughs) but, you know, you know, uh, fuck it, we've spoiled everything, right? Um, we're we're in spoiler corner anyway. It's, she, uh, you know, head over heels in love with him. Uh, she finds him you know, making out in a stall with another guy, which I'm just saying there were many other stalls in that bathroom that were clearly open (laughs) and unoccupied. I I know. Um, anyway, uh, and you know, she's obviously heartbroken. It's, it's, uh, you know, makes it very hard to reconcile with him, but she, at a certain point they do reconcile. And even her relationship with him is not simple. And she, does come to be very close to him, despite the fact that he hurt her like that, and despite the fact that she does keep him at a certain arm's distance for the rest of the film. Um, It's not just as simple as, you know, tossing him aside or moving on. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I liked how there was that attention to the complexities of human relationships, even in what would... In lesser hands, be minor characters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, I really can't speak to the high school experience of, of a, a, you know, a teenage girl, because I was never that. But from, from what I understand, it's, it's pretty true to that, and it's cool that, that exists. As I was saying, that you know, you don't really get movies like this, uh, and hopefully, we'll get a lot more. And I'm really glad that. Greta Gerwig was able to, or you know, write and direct this, and that you know, A24 picked it up. You know,
1: absolutely, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, oh, I knew uh, she I'm, could. She, sorry, I knew she I could write go. from Francis on. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was just gonna say that as a, as a side note, like most of my favorite films of the year that I can name off the top of my head are A24 movies, so I think I'm becoming a true fanboy. <laughs> I think they're just making really good
1: fucking movies. Um, yeah. <laughs> and have filled a void that Pixar left in terms of just a consistently good yeah. film production company.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna see Coco later this week. But I Yeah, hopefully. See i see if it can save the year now. animation died. Which oh is my
1: god! I think honestly, I think as long as it is feature, I, I think as long as it is passable and feature length, it's a shoe in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right about that. No. because what the fuck else are they gonna do? <laughs> I don't. Know. But Lady Bird also really, really funny. Like it's it, she, she nails so much about. Of the subtleties of comedy as well, which is not just resting on the joke itself or the line. Like we talked about, you know, our favorite joke this year, in the Big Sick, <laughs> uh, in that it's it's not really the punchline; it's the immense setup that leads up to it, where you're not even like expecting a joke to come. You're like, oh, okay, the the character delivers a line. He's on the he's on the back foot right now. He's taken off guard, and the fact that he was taken off guard that was the joke in the scene. And then yeah. it hits you, you know, and it's like l- the little things, you know, whether it's like, whether it's like Saoirse Ronan's like expressions, like after realizing she's in an awkward situation, you know, That that's a, that's a huge part of it. You know, she doesn't just rest on the joke.
1: No, de- definitely not. Um,
0: I mean, it, it happens like all the time, but you know, one I can yeah. think of would be like, um... When she meets her, like, second boyfriend, who's, like, that unbelievable, like, edgy high schooler.
1: <laughs> the closest... It, probably my least favorite character in the film. And the, the closest, I think, it comes to just a parody, like a cartoon character. Well, I mean, listen... I know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying... I, that's his only characteristic.
0: Yeah, but I it's mean... Like a little disingenuous. No, I mean, but... Look, I I, uh, I remember guys like, I remember that guy specifically. <laughs> I remember being that guy,
1: alright?
0: I, mean, <laughs> I, I was never that edgy,
1: but... Um, I don't know if he caught the book he was reading and that she was reading later. It's oh no. Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Oh. It's the, it's the, like, classic history book that you go to college and read in your freshman year and it just blows your mind man (laughs) everything we learned in high school was a lot it's like the stereotypical you know oh thanksgiving's about killing indians yeah
0: you're like oh did you know that thanksgiving is about yeah no i get it Um, right
1: yeah it's it's that that's kind of what that stands for i thought it was fucking hilarious and it wasn't even i don't even think the book was ever that in focus
0: no, like I mean there was so. There was a time too where he said something so outrageous that that uh, is that Cher Seronan, that Lady Bird, like instinctively like laughs at it, and then she realizes that <laughs> he he's just not keeps joking staring at her, and then so she sort of like stops laughing immediately, and, like turns away, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, and that's that's the kind of stuff that I'm and just gazes, like, yes <laughs> gazes with him
1: off into the middle distance.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> nothing in particular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Hey, hey, I get it. I get the character. I get why he was there, and it was funny. I'm just, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. he's definitely the uh, probably the most one-dimensional character in the in the film, and just felt a little disingenuous. That's all. Yeah. Well. Um, overall, though, I love the film too. Um, yeah, please, please go see it. It's, uh, mm-hmm. uh it's fucking. You're great. Give Greta Gerwig all of, um, freaking Noah Baumbach's jobs, because <laughs> at least we can agree on her work.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, she actually does, she has a really good shot, at least at being nominated here, um, for, 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 for best for- director.
1: Okay, yeah, that's a. I think it's a I think it's a shoo-in for best picture for sure. I'm not sure that there is. And I'm not saying she doesn't deserve it. I'm not sure that there is a strong enough directorial presence here to
0: to. It, it's um, certainly it's not it's certainly not say, showy.
1: That. No, no, it's not. And it, but it, however, it is not poorly made at all. It's actually pretty adeptly shot, and I I do like its reliance on uh on generally wider takes. It mm-hmm. it, it tends to incorporate a lot more actors and blocking in the frame as opposed to just shot reverse shot close-ups it does have that a bit but um in general it seems a little bit more uh, a little bit more sophisticated with how it stages um i'm just not sure that's enough and again not saying it's not warranted or that she doesn't deserve it it's just i i'm not sure it's gonna grab the academy's attention i think she's a for for best uh, original screenplay and i not this i don't know about winning but for sure nomination, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it'll definitely get a Best Picture nom, but I'm not sure about the directing.
0: I mean, look, honestly, my pick right now for directing is, is Sean Baker, so... Um, yeah. You know, I'm... Uh, right on. So, I, but I think, from from what I've seen, anyway, uh, that Greta Gerwig would deserve to be in the conversation, for sure. And cool. I wouldn't even be surprised if she won, to be quite honest.
1: I would, but I'd be delightfully surprised. I think that'd be great. No, that would
0: be awesome. I'd be, I feel like, you know, a part of history, even though it already happened once before, but really only once. We've had, we've had 90 years of this.
1: I, I can't fucking believe, uh, a woman is only won one time.
0: Yep. Catherine Bigelow, the Hurt Locker. That was it.
1: It's nuts. (sighs) (sighs) Um, so yeah, here's, uh, Hoping that Ladybird can uh, break uh, the break the cycle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I and mean, I don't even know that we really did it justice.
1: N- no, but.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Okay, I'm leaving. I'm That's, out
0: of here.
1: James, you're out of your league.
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no
1: Jesus Christ. Okay, let's, right. let's well, hang, fucking hang do on. this. I'll
0: be, I got. i be back in a flash. You got to
1: get your bourbon too? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. And get out of here with that.
0: <laughs> no, let's uh, okay. let's, let's get into it. The Justice League. Oh, let's you're not actually spider. leaving in the middle? No, of I'm not leaving. No, that that actually, was a, I didn't actually know that. Okay. is a setup for a flash joke. <laughs> I mean,
1: I got the flash Worth joke. It? All right. Worth it? Totally, I think. <laughs> all right wonder woman lasso a truth moment mm-hmm. this movie's a nightmare <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's the worst thing i've ever seen
1: no <laughs> I, no actually here's the thing i'm um there's no point in fucking summarizing this right everyone fucking knows just about i don't even remember the goddamn plot it's
0: just fucking well, i don't know like batman or- realized that like a character named or- steppenwolf is trying to like, destroy everything, so the then he gets the to Justice League. From,
1: it's the same cubes from Transformers. He's trying to get the MacGuffins so that he puts them together and terraforms the Earth.
0: Destroys it? I don't know.
1: No, no, it was going to terraform it. I remember this specifically. I do remember that. It's going to terraform the Earth. I don't know why or what it's going to terraform it into, but that's what's going to happen.
0: Really? I seriously um, thought it was just going to destroy the Earth.
1: No, it's not destroy, <laughs> although totally understandable for, for you thinking that. Isn't it amazing that his motivation was so unclear? Um, <laughs> I... I'm evil and angry. Uh, you can't... <laughs> uh, there's a quote from Futurama. You can't just have your characters announce how they feel. That makes me feel angry. <laughs> no. Um... It's... uh, So, yeah, he's doing that. It doesn't really matter. It's a flimsy pretense to get all these franchise characters together, except only two of them have had their own movies, and then the third one is dead. Or is he? He's not. And then um, there's three other characters who get hastily introduced. And I gotta say at least two of them and i know it's it's you know it's the mm-hmm. cliche thing to say they should have had their own movies to to develop them there were uh, particularly cyborg but also kind of the flash like
0: I mean, why am i the thing about the flash is that i
1: actually want to see that movie you <laughs> seem like amazing movies like there was so basically, what should have been about an hour of screen time of of origin story and development um, of the character Cyborg takes place in a roughly forty five second scene. Not really, mm-hmm. like minutes, whatever. Um, one scene, all the exposition, all the the philosophical debate and the conflict and the the uh, you know establishment of, of of powers and motivation and confusion and anger. Uh, happens within the space of about two minutes um mm-hmm. and it's like deep shit it's like father and son dynamics well, and, and-, and that's a Sun- dynamic
0: shared with with flash you know where he's like he is like discovery has these powers sort of like second to what he's been trying to do which is exonerate his father from you know who's been spending like life in prison for something he presumably didn't do so he's like you know trying to learn about crime you know like so he can investigate himself you know and i'm just like that is that is touching you know yeah um and yeah again that's all sort of like rushed together um it's just and then aquaman like i don't I guess he's like Uh, a cool guy to like a village he's just a badass that's his thing he like he helps out this village
1: there's a scene and I know I'm getting into minutia uh, when we should be sticking to the general but I I just gotta call it out sure there is a scene where apparently Aquaman is so badass that he turns the movie into Suicide Squad for a brief moment (laughs) and and the White Stripe starts playing as he, like, downs a shot and then runs outside and dives into the water in slow motion. (laughs) Oh, slow motion? (laughs) Who'd you say was directing this? Oh, I don't... (laughs) Is Zack Snyder known for slow motion? I had no (laughs) fucking idea. He jumps in in slow motion and Nikki Thump plays. And then it just stops when the scene's over. And there are no other rock songs or pop songs in the entire movie. It's just that one time that apparently the tone completely shifts. Um, That's not the only time the tone shifts. But that's the only time where you get that like suicide squad. We're trying to be cool and irreverent. Uh style then it goes back to the dour depressing Zack Snyder shit and then about a halfway through the film you start getting these random kooky (laughs) scenes where the characters are wisecracking um, despite the fact that not even the scene before like three shots before everything was also dour and sad and depressing and heavy and uh, now they're being Joss Whedon characters I wonder why that could be
0: yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the jarring tonal shit. Oh, that's something God. I probably wouldn't have brought up just to, uh, left to my own devices. But it's it's certainly there. And it, the thing is, I said this in in Letterbox. So it's like I think every sort of flaw I th- would think to point out or I thought to point out while watching it. I also knew had been done before in both better and worse movies. It's like okay, yeah, they they have like jarring tonal shifts as their like main source of comedy. Okay, Ant Man, I saw that. That's how that happened. Flash is essentially Paul Rudd in this movie, um, and and then they weren't like, okay, this they, jarring in Ant Man though. I mean, well, this is yeah, no, you're, it's, right, it's you're, right, you're right. It's
1: magnitude. It's it's not so much what it's not so much the the transgressions themselves. It's it's the magnitude. I've never seen reshoots that are this. Sloppily juxtaposed with the original footage, and so obviously juxtaposed, like it is, cl- it is so clear when it's reshoots, and not just because those are the scenes with Henry Cavill's fucking fake mouth.
0: <laughs> well, and and then you brought up the the characters being introduced, which you should. I mean, it's 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 a, it's, a, it's an important aspect of the film to bring up, but I mean, like tell me. Tell me, this wasn't a thousand times more watchable than fucking Suicide Squad in, in those scenes. Like it. it oh no! I it I wanna... definitely was. So I mean, it's like I wasn't like shocked or appalled by any of the bad that I saw in the in most most of Justice League, until fucking Superman showed up.
1: It's um. I will say this though. Uh, it is. This is probably. It's my second favorite DC universe film. <laughs> it, it is. It really no, is. I, I think I'm with you there, man. Um, because, and actually, this is probably going to be our biggest point of uh, d- disagreement here. I didn't hate Superman as much as you did.
0: I'm going to kill you.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I mean, for real. It It's almost like, well, okay, the... Superman at the end, because it's it, there's two different Supermen in this movie, right? There's a Superman that comes back who is just this, like, he's the Superman of the last two films. He's like, fucking, you know, angry Henry Cavill hates everyone and everything, um,
0: and dying people. This is like, ugh. Especially oh, especially what dying people
1: oh yeah especially dying people they really they really rustle as Jimmy's. They really,
0: off. he's like oh they, God. they really
1: they really harsh as mellow
0: um,
1: you know they, they could just like stay out of the way while he's fighting Zod thank you very much um cannot be bothered and actually it's funny because there's a scene at the beginning of the film the, the first scene which is really weird um it's actually not weird at all it's oh very- it's
0: the the clip of him right
1: it's very clear that it's there because they saw Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: And so they have to start their film with cell phone footage that completely misunderstands the tonal implications of the cell phone footage at the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming. Anyway, um, the last bit of that scene is the kid filming, asking Superman what his favorite thing about Earth is. And he like sm- smirks and doesn't give an answer before the scene cuts away. And I, I didn't actually realize it at the time, but I heard people say since then, and I'm, I feel like an idiot. Pretty sure that it was implying you know his answer was he was thinking of Lois Lane. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually pick up on that. I was like, what 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 was that? I don't I I thought actually the implication was nothing. He hates her. <laughs> he hates everyone, um, which I still think is pretty believable. But oh
0: no, it definitely is.
1: But that's like so not the point of Superman is to say. My favorite thing about Earth is my love interest and the people who mean a lot to me and not you all. I don't give a shit about you and the world and saving people. That's
0: not very Jesus-like of you, you obvious obvious (laughs) metaphor.
1: You obvious metaphor, you? (laughs) Put your arms out all you want. It doesn't... No. so there's that superman and that's also the same superman we get right when he gets brought back and there's a superman of the climax who i think is just a barrel of monkeys i think (laughs) that he is he's he's not real because and i mean that both literally and figuratively he is literally not present i think it's mostly cgi um henry cavill didn't really look like he was there for any of this movie (laughs) um And I've actually heard one viewer uh, kind of point out it's totally possible that in the original cut of this or not necessarily cut but in the original uh, story the original plot progression uh, Superman didn't come back until like the end and that most of Henry Cavill's shit was done in reshoots and therefore required some Hollywood magic to insert him uh, earlier into the film and I would completely believe that because of just—it's not just the fucking mustache. Which okay, everyone's had their fun. I've had my fun too, but like, it's not just the mustache. He doesn't really look like he is in the same state or country as <laughs> the as the people he's supposedly acting against and fighting with.
0: Um, well, and you'll you'll notice it becomes a lot of, very obvious too because a lot of the shots of him are of just him. Yeah, like they're they're sort of like tight on his face, where the where almost every other shot in the movie is very quick to show everyone yeah. at once.
1: <laughs> right. That said, the reason I like him at the end, despite the fact that he's clearly dialed in, again, literally, um, <laughs> is that. Okay, this is the superman that we were expecting from the beginning <laughs> he is lighter at, at, just emotionally he <laughs> makes jokes i do He's, like truth and
0: justice
1: but uh, no he goes i like truth but i also like justice oh yeah <laughs> and, okay, yeah it's fucking awful i'm not i'm not saying it Okay, whatever. It's 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 horrible. I, 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 whatever, it is a moment of lightness and nobility from a character who has stood for nothing but anger and angst and depression for two and a half movies, <laughs> and and he comes in and he saves them. And his suit is even brighter. Like his suit has lightened since. The first two movies, where it's like <laughs> practically black, yeah. Um, and he's acting like Superman, mind you. He's acting like the Bronze Age godlike, way overpowered Superman, but he's acting like Superman. Well, yeah. I'll take it. I won't. I, w- I won't take that it. is. That's clearly Joss Whedon. Like that is, uh. and I'm like. No, fuck it. I prefer that to the original Zack Snyder crap. And it actually, uh, honestly. Okay, I, I mean, I
0: think that's just a bit of a false dichotomy, but.
1: It's not. And I, uh, like, honestly, the climax stopped being boring for me when Superman came in. Because it's, it's not good. It's just fucking fun. It's like bonkers. It's, it's, I can't. It, it the movie just completely stopped taking itself seriously. Um, and Steppenwolf the, the threat of Steppenwolf diminished entirely. And
0: how does that I, not frustrate the fuck that, out of
1: because you though? I that, was never invested I never yeah. thought Steppenwolf was scary or intimidating at all. I never thought he was worthwhile as a villain. No,
0: but he could very he could he very easily like took on the entire Justice League by himself and is then this, turned to dust when superman showed up it's just like i just if i was I enjoying fucking if, character it
1: was enjoying that fight at all i might have cared but i didn't
0: so i don't <laughs> like it's I, so yeah so what you're saying is that like it was if i thought like there that, was so it, bad that yes yeah. su- the superman ridiculousness only made it better yeah that's
1: literally what i'm saying i'm, I'm saying if i were invested at all before that I would be mad that it ended but I wasn't because it got for me it got better when Superman came in and was just like none of this matters that's the
0: thing I'm just like why am I wasting my time like why did I waste my time why are they wasting their time that came at a point in the movie where I had long stopped asking
1: myself that question does this sound cynical good it should this is a cynical cash grab movie (laughs) it's bad it's, yeah, I, um, and I still enjoyed it more because there are just like weird. It, I've never seen a film that is literally just the sum of, like, it, it's not even the sum of its parts. It's just, it's parts Yeah, <laughs> because they don't go together at all, but there are some really good moments. Um, and I've, I've realized I, I would love to see Joss Whedon's Justice League, um, because there's a scene it's probably the most Joss Whedon scene in the entire film where they're like, you know, flying to the to the climax and they're totally not Avengers jet. And um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're kind of hanging out in the totally not Firefly-esque interior. And um, sorry. And, you know, you get this moment of levity where mm-hmm. they're interacting without expecting expositing anything there's, there's no exposition and there's no brooding or like pseudo philosophical debates about heroism blah, blah, blah. um and there's this actually really funny joke where aquaman starts you know being brutally honest with every single one of the teammates <laughs> and just fawns over wonder woman and then you realize that wonder woman had had caught her lasso of truth around him unbeknownst to him or the audience <laughs> and it was like r- legitimately fucking funny I'm, <laughs> I'm going
0: to remember that about this movie and praise it every time I, every time absolutely,
1: I think of it like, it's a great scene it, it didn't fit in at all tonally to anything <laughs> that was happening but I, in that scene I saw what like a Joss Whedon Justice League could have been and it would have been awesome. I would have really loved to see that film, um, and I'm kind of sad I didn't. And that almost works in a as, in a vacuum because it, it is its own scene. But then there were moments like I think it was after the fight between the Justice League and Superman because you got to have a fight with one of the heroes because that's what the Avengers did.
0: No, and I know. so um, hey, I will say about that fight though, the the Flash versus Superman was. F- Fucking cool! It
1: like, is, and also though, it, they have completely made the Flash irrelevant because of Superman. Like
0: everyone's irrelevant because of Superman. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's, that's no one matters. No one did shit. No, no one worked towards solving anything. They just failed every time they tried, and then Superman was like, "Yeah, I guess I'm free." Mhm. Yeah,
1: isn't it? Isn't it funny because, um. The the notion of the group being patently pointless was kind of also the conclusion of Suicide Squad, um, but then everyone was like, well, that's okay because it's like, oh, this is the failed attempt, and now they're gonna do the Justice League because that's what the post credits scene was, <laughs> and now it's like, oh yeah, no, Justice League is officially pointless too. Let's just go back to Superman saving yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why I wrote that's like it, that they're making a they're 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 setting up the Legion of Doom for the next movie, and I think the main. The main point of conflict in in that sequel is going to be convincing Superman that it's worth his time.
1: <laughs> to be fair, that's basically been Superman's entire arc throughout this whole series. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother?
0: I, I do want to say we've talked a lot about Superman. I want to talk about Batman because that's Alright, let's talk about Batman. That, that's my that's my area of expertise. Sure. Sure. Uh and
1: it's just me or do you like him like Ben Affleck as Batman less now? Uh
0: I don't know about it's I don't know about less. Well, probably less because I've been able to hone in on more of it. And honestly, this is going to sound this is going to sound funny, but I think he has not that he has a lot of it, but he has too much personality in this. Like there's Are you going to you're going to have to explain this to me. There's too much like like smug smarmy Ben Affleck in there. Mm. That it's like he like he like makes some jokes, you know, he like, you know, he, he's got this the smug smile going on. And I'm like
1: that- In what way is that not what Bruce Wayne's supposed to be? Okay. Maybe I just don't properly understand that character because when I think of Bruce Wayne, I think of like that scene in the Dark Knight where um you know he walks. He struts into the restaurant. And he's like, "Let's put a couple tables together in Harvey Dent's." Like, I'm not sure they'll let us. And he's like, "Oh, they should. I own the, I own place. the place."
0: So, so here's the thing. Yeah. Um, movie, by and large, um, everyone except Christopher Nolan just doesn't understand Batman as a character because mm-hmm. they treat him as either one of two things and that's either Batman or Bruce Wayne. So either a vigilante or a um, a billionaire Playboy. And Mm -hmm. what you what you're describing is like a billionaire Playboy, you know, activity. But even i think in Christopher Nolan understands that it's like Batman sort of isn't I I think I I don't really like how how what Chris what Chris Nolan lands on, but he understands at least that Batman really isn't either of those. (laughs) Right and Well, there's both three, just sort of identities, and he sort of swings somewhere in between
1: right. There's and, three personas, basically,
0: yeah uh, there's,
1: there's 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 the public front of Bruce Wayne. There's mm, Batman, and then there's who Bruce Wayne truly is,
0: yeah, exactly. And the thing is like 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 especially in in this context of the Justice League, like Batman is a is a fucking wet blanket. Like <laughs> when whenever he's dealing with anybody else like he is so stern and serious just about everything like no one can have fun around him and that is honestly part of his charm um, and, and it's something that, that gets like more distracting to me and it's not that I want someone who's like I, I don't want just like a, a flat you know character um, but there's ways in which you can work that you can you can nuance that, uh, and I think Christopher Nolan, as I said, had a lot of that going on. I think it was misplaced because he was like, oh, actually, who Batman is is someone who just wants a lover, and I'm like, well...
1: So you're saying it wasn't a front for him. He was actually that man.
0: Yeah. No, that's the thing. Saying
1: I own the place. I bought. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm sorry. Little. This is with all the things wrong with this film. This is just a nit. But like, I love how at the end. It's like Flash goes to his dad. It's like, yeah, Mr. Wayne helped me get get a get a low level position to to you know become a public defender so i can help you and then like in the, the next crime lab
0: yeah working at a crime
1: the, lab working at like the bottom of a crime lab um and then in the next scene it's like oh batman bought or, sorry bruce bought the fucking what did he buy The
0: bank that owned bought the, the bank the, uh, superman's house yeah
1: bought the whole bank yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like
0: I guess, it, I think it's just like an instinct with him or something like that, you know? No,
1: I know, I know, but like, he couldn't have done more for The Flash than just give him a low level <laughs> crime lab job so that one day he can maybe have a <laughs> shot at getting his dad out know, of jail. I I'm like,
0: dude, Batman, you're the world's greatest detective. You could probably crack you this can, case you, in an instant. You could
1: just, I mean, you could very. <laughs> If if you really want to do he could get him out in like a day. There's just no It's hilarious.
0: Oh, I know. It was it was sweet and Billy Crudup is probably the best part of this movie, I'm not going to lie. Was
1: sweet until the very next scene when you realize how much power he
0: actually has. It's like, "Oh. He's an asshole." Oh, I actually bought the prison and closed it down. So, yeah, I
1: mean, right <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, just no. I just, yeah, I mean, but I just, I, it just occurs to me so much that how much people just don't get Batman because they're like, oh, okay, he's either this scary crime lord, or, you know, sorry, cri- not crime, crime, lord, lord. crime wow. fighter, or he's <laughs> a you know a billionaire playboy, and and Bruce, and this guy's like, oh, and a lot of people, I think George Clooney really played up the the playboy aspect, you know, he's like, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm so smug and smarmy. It's the car. Chicks love the car. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I'm just like, stop. That's not. No, that is a lie. Everything that anyone sees about Bruce Wayne, Batman, is a lie. That's the. That's what makes his character so intriguing.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No. I, I, absolutely. Um, that's a good point. Um, I'm still not sure. I would say the problem is too much personality. I'd probably say the problem is too much. Uh, if, I guess too much swagger if that's a, even a different thing like he's just he's too he's too show offy with his with his shit you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah. I guess I don't know I, I, I get what you're saying I still think he's dull as fuck because and, and I say that because there there are moments I was going to bring this up too when we were talking about like the jarring the, the tonal dissonance but like after this, after the fight with Superman, there's it even it just you know at one point Superman drops Batman, or throws him aside or something, you know, because he's nothing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when when Lois Lane walks up, you know Superman discards Batman, flies over to her, and they go to Smallville. Um, <laughs> and it literally like that whole time was just dour, and then it cuts to Batman on the floor on the ground. He's just like oh, uh, yep, everything's broken. Like, yeah, right? It's funny. And I'm like, it, it's clearly a reshoot and something that Joss Whedon put in. Like, it's just... Well, does, and that's the thing, it, too. Like, Batman's
0: Batman's sense of humor, like, some would say he doesn't have one, and there's very good arguments for that, but really it's it's sort of like a, like a Darth Vader sense of humor. It's very wry. You know, he's never going to be like, uh, he's never going to try to make, make light of situations necessarily, uh, right. for anything other than appreciation of his own, <laughs> of, his, uh, of his own self.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. For for sure. It just it, look if and if they want to establish a Batman character who's distinct from that persona, from his comic book persona or from the Nolan films, I, I please, but make him. I mean that scene stuck out like a sore thumb. It's just so jarring with everything that came before it. So I I don't I don't know. I'm just not
0: I mean
1: I, I do buying it. I think he was still for the most part just just dead weight.
0: <laughs> I do like that they haven't given Batman a I mean not that they would have fucking time to with everything they're trying to do, but I'm I'm really glad they haven't given him a love interest of any kind. They try to. Who is, wait, am I forgetting? Wonder something?
1: Wonder Woman. Yeah, absolutely, Wonder Woman. And,
0: yes, and, uh, yes, yes.
1: Okay. You don't have her go in and massage
0: him when he's like hurt and und- no, that's so. No, I mean, and, and look, and that is that is a a flaw I've always found because like one of the things like, the the I really like the Batman the Batman Catwoman dynamic that was in. It,
1: and you've explained why, and I, I, I it's very complex. I, I
0: well, I mean, totally- I liked, it, I liked it in, um, I liked it in the Dark Knight Rises, except that they actually do end up together. But that was supposed to be like the end of Batman. So, well, at least the Bruce Wayne Batman. So, so I get right. it in that respect. But otherwise, Batman has always sort of seen himself as someone who can't have a love interest because the Batman always comes first.
1: Right. Um. Although you'd you think he'd have a better plan for, uh, for hiding himself than to go to a nice Paris cafe that looks to be patronized by a lot of other wealthy people who probably.
0: hey, Bruce.
1: Who Bruce hey, Wayne is. <laughs> hey, you going to the Koch Brothers Summit this year?
0: <laughs> Koch Brothers
1: Summit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, it's. I mean
0: i don't know it's
1: just just, i i i feel like every complaint i have about this film is everything that's been said already about dc films but like it's just crazy how they compounded in this one it's just to a degree far beyond any of the other films it's bananas how many little plots are introduced in one scene and then thrown out the next or just don't go anywhere. Um, or there's just no actual buildup or tension or, you know, stakes aren't established. Mm -hmm. The scene where they decide to resurrect Superman is the scene directly before they resurrect Superman.
0: (laughs) I know it's, it's kind of just comes out of nowhere and you're like, wait, okay, I guess that's the thing now.
1: Oh, well, when you come back, you lose something. Okay.
0: Where does that go? I mean, it went I guess when they fought a, a and bit. to be fair, uh it went then, about as far
1: as it went in Game of Thrones when they did it there, just saying <laughs> that was I love Game of Thrones, but i'm i am
0: i am sure I'm sure our listeners will get that when I uh, there's Thrones just gotta be con- look, when
1: you bring a character back, there's just gotta be some consequence, there's gotta be something you sacrifice, and it just nothing at all, yeah. And, 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 yeah, okay. Game of Thrones, talk over. But that all applies to, to Justice League as well. There's just nothing sacrificed, nothing risked. Um, they just decided to do it. Have a couple vain like, oh, we're, we're playing God. It's it's against the natural <laughs> order. And then uh, it, <laughs> he's right. And then
0: he's right. He's right. And then you know there's next usually scene. no consequences there's, to it no consequences
1: at all they fight with him because that's what the uh that's what tested well with marvel audiences and the focus groups all agreed that they liked marvel movies and so they decided to copy i wasn't the, on
0: any of those focus groups damn it because i hate <laughs> those fucking superhero fight scenes It's just like one person is a bit of a twat and then the service like,
1: jerk offs what his enormous fan service orgies.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's, it always comes down to just like one one of the heroes was a bit of a twat, and then <laughs> the other one had to like pound him into the dirt because you of it.
1: You know, at least in Avengers, they established why one of them was being a twat. It is when they did not at all establish why Superman was being a twat.
0: Yeah, like, well, it's, 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 Superman is just kind of. I a wish twat. I had the rule like rules established there. It's like he was Superman was kind of in there when he came back. Like he was definitely angry, and everyone wanted to like. Kill Bat. Also, it's like, I, didn't they make up in in Batman vs. No, Superman? they did. I, do you, I, do you, do I kind you remember of the Martha to... thing,
1: Martha? Uh, oh Right. I, I kind of have expected him to like go nuts, and then he sees Bruce like, "Oh, I
0: know you. Our mommies have the same name," <laughs> and he's fine again. I know, when he's fighting. I was like, Bruce, just say Martha. Martha. <laughs> it seems to Is do. You guys so- safe <laughs> it seems to do something for him. <laughs> I don't know why the dude's pretty fucked up but that's what he's into yeah no I mean I, so I didn't even know like why wait so that's why I was like did we, I think he's I still honestly, in there somewhere and, but and I, I'm not maybe sure he's been right. corrupted a little but again I wish I understood the rules because now it's like I'm, I'm not sure oh, this, this is right that's all solved by Amy Adams by I Lois know, Lane right, but I'm
1: forever going to interpret that scene as basically the equivalent of the scene in Pulp Fiction where um, they inject... You've seen Pulp Fiction, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Where they inject Mia uh, (laughs) with Thurman's character with adrenaline. Yeah. Except you know, when you had the Superman instead of just spazzing out for a few seconds, he just goes rampage on (laughs) anyone near him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, in 2, it's like, wait, then they had the the whole, like, cyborgs, like, suit, like, going into, like, auto-defense, and then I was like, wait, is that triggering, like, Superman's auto-defense? Like, what's, what's happening here? Oh, yeah, wait, that happened. What the fuck was that? I have no I just, idea, that's what I'm I saying. I don't, know, I don't know any of the rules of parameters that went into that Superman, like, post-resurrection state, and why... It was. I guess he he flew off to Lois Lane, and I. It's like Lois is like, "Oh, are you okay? Are are you uh, are you better now?" He's like, "Yeah, I guess so." Oh sure, we just gasp. <laughs> like what? I just. But damn it, that Flash and Superman fight was so cool. Like these slow motion punches of Superman trying to move faster than the Flash, and Flash is like barely dodging these. These punches that are going to kill him if he gets yep. if one of them connects. Oh, like oh, yeah! Really cool and high stakes. It actually had me. You know, it was one of the more tense moments of the movie.
1: Why? Here's my question. Because we all know Superman's grossly overpowered, and this is not just in this movie. It's in pretty much every post Bronze Age Superman interpretation. Um, it's funny because when you look at the like original comics, Superman is basically just like a. Buff
0: Acrobat? He can, yeah, he can he, like jump across he can jump over buildings.
1: Yeah, he doesn't fly. Um he was modeled on like acrobats and circus strong then. And like, mind you, you know, flying is cool. It's iconic. I, I get that. But like why not make his powers limited like that? Why overpower him to that extent? But in this sense, why do they do that to every single one of the heroes? Um mind you, Superman still beats them all by like light years, but like <laughs> The Flash, at one point, can. Uh, literally, he, he runs around in a spiral down a wall, like down like a, a cylind- cylindrical wall, <laughs> and just in time taps the edge of Wonder Woman's sword so it goes flying back uh-huh. into her hand in midair and she can slice the. Like, he's. In no way take place in reality or, like, with any kind of restrictions or physics.
0: Here's the hilarious thing that-, that I loved about that whole Flash scene. Oh, sorry. I, go on. I think I cut you off there.
1: Well, I was just saying, like, th- that's the kind of shit. Like, they've established that as the kind of thing that's that these heroes are capable of. So maybe because of that, when Superman comes in at the end and saves everything in the most ridiculous and overpowered way possible, it doesn't bother me or jar uh, or, or jar me because it's the same shit that happened before. It's They've established that that's just kind of how these <laughs> heroes roll. They're all basically gods, and like, uh, I don't
0: there's no tension it's funny it's funny that you brought up that like spiral down you know spiral down the wall thing because it was like a moment after that we're like shit we need to have batman do something let's have him save the flash with a grappling hook (laughs) when when it's like wait the flash isn't he moving at at like (laughs) light speed How did he, how did Batman? I was
1: very confused about that. I'm like, did he just like slow down too much and then not be able to walk on the wall anymore?
0: I know. It's like, why was he even in danger there? And how did he get, how did Batman grab his foot with a grappling hook? It's just like, uh, oh, we need to have Batman in here. He needs to be useful. That's (laughs) the thing. You
1: feel studio execs. Every single moment in this fucking movie, I, I, there's nothing that doesn't feel like a calculated, delegated decision by a group of directors by, by a board of directors who oh, the this valuable board.
0: Merlin, you still want to get in on the the action? I've had my mic. I've been holding my mic this entire time, and talking to my mic. Get it? It's
1: Jen. I'm angry. Is that your kitty? It's my kitty. Oh. Yeah. Aw. What, right. what does he think?
0: Uh, I don't know, Marilyn. What do you think? I concur. <laughs> I never actually thought of that.
1: Wow. Sometimes Sorry. the mind of a cat can open some pretty wild things to you. A beautiful mind. Beautiful, beautiful cat.
0: Was I they doing another, like, beautiful mind type of movie beautiful beautiful meowed oh sh- um this is not working merlin you're you're a fat kitty <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, i thought you were talking about my horrible
0: horrible pun oh no this is not working man <laughs> <laughs> um are they doing another one i don't i don't know i can't remember it's, if it was a movie or if it was that tv show the good doctor where it's like yeah i you know, no, it's a beautiful that, mind yeah if it's he was that, a doctor <laughs>
1: There is another one that apparently is already canceled called, like, Pure Genius or something. And it's basically the same plot. Like, I don't... It's funny, because I think uh, a Beautiful Mind's the worst thing to ever happen to (laughs) depictions of smart people in in Hollywood. Uh Um, That or the Big Bang Theory, maybe. But, like, I I honestly think it is... It just... It's absolute ass how... (laughs) A character who is intelligent cannot be treated as a human being as well. <laughs> they
0: know answers to questions we, we don't, don't know to know ask, to ask. <laughs> Yeah, and then last but, year, the accountant was a beautiful mind if he was an assassin. You know, it's like. Right, and Batman. And Batman. I'm Batman. I'm super cool. And I have autism.
1: I'm Pirate Man. Come on, we the house. are best friends. Batman and spiderder-man is quantifiably better than <laughs> Justice League. And honestly, the superhero pairing makes more sense. It does. Um, their friendship actually has some development. And
0: see, and I would actually believe that those heroes are on equal playing field. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And know. like, I just... like I don't know. I I want to know. If, Spider-Man's gonna get a cereal.
0: <laughs> See, I just I long for the days where well the days in the comics anyway where they were like, where Batman was like fuck all you other superheroes stay out of my city, and that culminated culminated so much in the actual you know Batman vs Superman the you know the Dark Knight Returns. Um, right. But, you know, I mean, of course, that, that was extra canon. But still, you know, it's like, no, I'm handling this. He's <laughs> <sighs> uh, um, like, you want to send Superman to stop me? Bring it. I will kick his ass. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm. I'm just tired. Both actually tired and like... I'm worn down. And I I just the irony is not lost to me that, you know, like I I said earlier in the show, the Avengers is what codified the the Marvel universe and it looks like Justice League might be the one that dismantles <laughs> the DC universe. Yeah. Because I like don't Here's the thing. No other like every other DC film before now in this, in the universe, has been able to deflect. Like, oh yeah, this one sucked, but like, man, I still suck. But next time is gonna be Batman and there too, and Wonder Woman, and they're gonna really lighten things up. Um, it's not gonna be so unpleasant and and cynical and weigh on you so much. And then you got to Batman v Superman. It was terrible. and It's like, well, Suicide Squad looks like it's. You know, it's not bound. Zack Snyder's not directing it. There's lots of, like, you know, fun music, like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's got a lot of energy. There's not the, you know, the characters are, for the most part, unknown. So you don't have this, like, huge weight associated with them. Suicide Squad sucks. And then I think everyone was just collectively wanting to die um but then wonder woman came out and it was great and it's like oh there's there's hope now dc films can be good and character driven and you know actually present you with with situations that feel important and meaningful and that they, they have consequences and then justice league comes out and the thing is justice league is at the center of this universe every single character is connected to it and I, justice league fills me with so much apathy about the rest <laughs> of this franchise that like I,
0: there's no deflecting from it there's no picking yourself back up and even even in wonder woman like i think they sorry even in wonder woman like i think they pulled off the the dual protagonist pretty well um this, that said, I still just want to watch Chris Pine in that movie. <laughs>
1: well, I I don't I don't agree with that, but I do think that he it's ridiculous that he steals the fucking climax. <laughs> I like mean, yeah, I,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in no way should that have been. He, he should not have demanded that much of a like that was a more it's cuz that's also the Time where they decide to introduce fucking God of War Ares to the plot. Turns out you can punch war. You can just punch it and it goes away. <laughs> if they didn't shit yeah. the bed that bad, it wouldn't have been so so egregious. <laughs> uh, either way, though, yeah. So honestly, DC franchise. I wanted to know: Do you bleed? And the answer is yes, you do.
0: You bleed cash.
1: You bleed cash. You hemorrhage money.
0: <laughs> you know what? And the, hey, Deathstroke, Deathstroke looked pretty cool in the post credit scene. Yeah.
1: Yes, James, I agree. Uh, fan. Of, I mean, Deathstroke looks really awesome. Mm-hmm totally totally not like Thanos from Guardians of the Galaxy from sorry from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's totally its own thing. Totally not trying to seize upon a uh, you know, another successful franchise. Thanos? Yeah.
0: I know who Thanos is, but you're comparing Deathstroke to Thanos?
1: Oh no, sorry. You're talking Deathstroke. No, Deathstroke looked awesome. Um, I know. Sorry, I okay, I thought. You were like, no, I was what I was thinking of was um fucking
0: Darkseid. Darkseid,
1: yeah, Darkseid, which they only name drop. You're right. You only see. That's right. Uh, Deathstroke, who is also I, I, he, I kept calling him Slade. Because I watched Teen Titans when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's called. He's the- he's a DC Deadpool. I mean, he's not as he's not he the, the the quippy uh, Very you know, mercenary guy. Character. But his name is Slade Wilson, codenamed Deathstroke, as I, opposed to uh, Deadpool, who is real name right. Wade Wilson. I li- I cannot
1: believe that they were that blatant. And this isn't this isn't a movie thing. This is like comics. The comic competitions just got fucking ridiculous, like petty <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> Sane. Um, uh, yeah, Slade Wilson. <laughs> That's just... oh god. Um, yeah, no, no, Destro looks sweet.
0: Yeah, that was that was cool. But, but it probably won't happen ever. So. No,
1: no. Um, I think that this franchise is now officially on life support. Like, I don't, I don't know what can save it.
0: Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to find out.
1: They could consolidate it into just Wonder Woman. Like, just make a Wonder Woman series.
0: See, I hope they do because that would be honestly the biggest tragedy is if we don't get any more Wonder Woman movies. Yeah. This whole thing that would suck
1: i mean just cut your losses and focus on what people actually liked
0: yeah so i mean oh, wait well i think at least one movie actually is happening one more dceu movie that's
1: <laughs> yeah I, I think it's i think it's aquaman yeah and i mean like they basically have to because the
0: movie's almost done like
1: right and like this is why this is why uh this is why I'm so reluctant this is why. This is why. This is why they were so reluctant to, um, not they, just like any movie studio, was so reluctant to establish the cinematic universe before. Is that like?
0: You're sort of counting your chickens, you know. Yeah,
1: you're making everything interdependent. So now, if they want to pull the plug, they can't until they finish this movie. That they already are kind of not. Banking on
0: yeah, it's like they have they stressful. have a few that are actually dated in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, but those there's still time to cancel those. Like Aquaman oh, yeah, is happening, yeah, it
1: will. But yeah, Aquaman's happening. Aquaman's coming out next year. Yeah, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, by James Wan. Forgot about that. Oh,
0: yep. I know. I did not forget about that.
1: <laughs> oh man. see that? I mean, that that is cool, but um, I don't know. It's. Just, Yeah, I don't know. I I'm pretty sure that this is gonna kill it because the thing is any DC movie not doing as well as expected okay, whatever. This is a really important movie to be a hit. It's Mm -hmm. it's going to determine the progeny of all franchises connected to it. All the film series. And it's just not it does not bode well. And I'm I'm happy that at least, uh, you know, it seems like people are getting tired of this shit, too. And, like, you can't just slap Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman on something and people are going to buy it. Like, that's not necessarily the case. And I'm, I'm just very happy about that.
0: I, mean, uh, I'm just, I just see the tagline here on Justice League that you can't save the world alone. And I want to complete that with that uh, Superman can.
1: <laughs> You're not... As good as Superman, <laughs> and that's your lesson. So
0: you can't save the world by yourselves, but Superman can. Step aside. For also, I,
1: isn't it ridiculous that the this film begins by communicating in not so subtle film language that because of Superman being gone, crime is more rampant, and more people yeah. are hopeless. Um, but the whole point of the last two Superman movies has been how Superman hasn't actually made anything better. Like Paw Kent has this whole speech about like, oh, you know, I, I thought I there was a flood and I diverted it and I uh, felt like a hero. And while I was eating my cake, cows in the other farm were drowning because I redirected water and this other farm drowned. So my point is don't bother doing anything good. Because life's just shit. And we're all going to die. God. That was, I mean, that was literally a Paul Kent chat. One of his warm, fatherly advice moments.
0: That's the thing. Like, his parents just give him shitty advice in every fucking movie.
1: I honestly think Jonathan Kent is the worst character in any of these movies. <laughs> it's, it's just so awful. He's just so... Uh, I don't know. I guess I know where Superman gets it from.
0: Well, no. I mean, look, you're you're forgetting about, and probably because it's your mind to suppress this information as a survival instinct. But you're definitely forgetting about uh, Lex Luthor in. Oh my God. In <laughs> Donna Justice. The Red Capes are coming. Like what did what did he want?
1: What, what was-, was his plan? was they even going for what was the actor doing why weren't why didn't the director stop him
0: what like hey hey Jesse you just like you really I'm Oscar nominated okay
1: Jesse you know we hired you because of what you did in the social network and you know you were very like cool and detached Listen
0: Zach, What's how many Oscar it's, nominations it's, do you have
1: uh,
0: did, did, Oh did you oh, think
1: is oh. it zero? Yeah. Mm. Well, allow me to retort. <laughs> uh, y- like, I don't know. Good point. All right, I did actually suppress that. It's also the the utter exhaustion descending upon my my brain.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we should we should wrap this up.
1: Oh, oh don't see it. Just don't because if you see it, it's gonna be less of a flop and DC will learn less of a lesson.
0: Yeah, sorry it's in the middle of beyond. Definitely see Ladybird. And okay. definitely see Florida Project, which hopefully we'll be able to review next week. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably want be- see,
0: look, we're we're back enough yeah. that we were already reviewing two movies at a time.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe next week we'll introduce the reintroduce the third segment.
0: And do Tangerine, which we've already reviewed on the show. Uh, well, you know, Sean you know, we, has a We could do Starlet. History. I've never seen Starlet.
1: He's got a history of films, yeah, so, I mean, you know, we can take our
0: picks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll look into it. Uh, for now, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jam Cozy. You can follow my quest to 100 movies at, um, at James Cozy. That, uh, that's on... Uh, on Letterboxd, you can just search James Cousinidis on Letterboxd. You'll find me. Um, and uh, you can
1: find me on Twitter, uh, MichaelLydon892. And uh, you can follow my th- the fact that I exist on Letterboxd. <laughs> it's certainly, it certainly exists.
0: Yep, director underscore Leiden. You can read his uh-huh. Logan review.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that. I don't remember doing that, but I did that.
0: I think he, I think it's four and a half stars. So, um,
1: yeah, sounds about right. I don't even like stars. I'm, I'm glad you looked at the star rating and not, you know, this is why this is why stars are stupid.
0: <laughs> stupid, 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 stupid head. It's dumb and duty head. And on that That's... note, now that we've completely devolved in- into childhood speech, going uh, good show.
1: A good show it this show. week. Be be also good show next week. <laughs> Thank you for watching.
0: <laughs> thanks for thanks for tuning in. Thanks for give us a like and a favorite. All that. Goodbye. Mm,
1: bye.